there. Uh, the, the, the library that was just dedicated to the, the women uh, that were in that movie not too long ago. I'd say not too long ago, but wow, that's probably like close to a long time ago. Um, so I say all that because I am just uber fascinated with space. I always have been. But I, I love that, I love this song, and I love one of the lines from it. It says this, it says, in the vapor of your breath, the planets are formed. I love that. We can get into arguments all day long about creation. I've got friends that don't go to church. I've got friends that do go to church. I've got friends that are in different churches and parts of the country. I've got friends in different nations. And there seems to be the one thing that says, in the beginning, God but then there's like all this different how, you know, but the how doesn't necessarily seem important because the important thing that God wants us to know is that in the beginning, God created and God did it however he wants. But with the vapor of his breath, the planets were formed. The solar systems were formed. Our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, each star that hangs in the galaxy brings forth light to, in, in our minds, to the unknown. We have our star. In fact, uh, we were riding in the car yesterday. I can't remember where we were. we were coming back from a graduation party. And Cam asked about stars, and namely our sun. And, uh, you know, asking about how the sun was created and, and how it works. And, and I love those kind of conversations because, again, I, I nerd right out. And uh, I love that our sun is just a yellow dwarf. Okay, if you don't know what that means, very small. Very small compared to some of the stars in our own galaxy and within our galaxy anywhere between you know the, the scientists believe anywhere between 100 to 300 billion stars 100 to 300 billion suns with at least they suspect on average one rotating planet or satellite that's amazing it's amazing to me to think about that to think outside or beyond our own specific walls that we hear or that we can see. I like to photograph stars at night. In fact, we're about ready to go on vacation. I'm bringing my camera up north. There's no light pollution up there. The only light pollution there is is from the sun. And you have to wait until 10, almost 11 o'clock at night to where the sky is actually dark enough because of how the water and the sun just radiates forever, forever, forever. And then the stars become so... Uh, so they pop out the sky, and I love it. And right now, especially in the summer, you can see the center of the galaxy. And a lot of the photography I take that you can see, you can see that part of the galaxy. And that is looking into the very center of our galaxy, light years and light years away. That's amazing. It makes, for, and I love doing this at night too, because all is quiet, all is dark. You know, you hear the peepers. I love the peepers. You know, sometimes I'll even put an earbud in and uh, listen to some really just acoustic and piano music, and it's, it's, it's almost haunting, and I love that. And as I do this, I, I become so overwhelmed with the smallness of who I am. But I get overwhelmed with the vastness and the greatness and the bigness. I'm sorry, those adjectives that Pastor Chris was talking about, I lost them all. But you just become so overwhelmed with how big and how great God is. Because in the vapor of his breath, he created it. 
our gigantic radius of our, just our Milky Way galaxy spanning 50 to 100,000 light years. <laughs> That's huge. Amen? Yet our galaxy uh, swims amongst a sea of galaxies, putting on display all of God's excellence and His brilliant, brilliance. Amen? As a science teacher, uh, I, I love all the different discoveries that they make with the atom. They just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller and keep zooming in more and more and more. And, and with our limited technology that we have here at the school, we can see so much. But there are microscopes that can see beyond what we even thought was there. To find one thing that's super interesting is that the form and the makeup of an atom looks a lot like our solar system. And our solar system looks a lot like our galaxy and the cluster of galaxies around us. But the very atom that creates us, the very atom that, that lives and that operates in even the most inanimate objects that you're sitting in or I'm standing upon, all living and all declaring in their own way God's greatness. Amen? That every single thing from the biggest to the smallest was created in such a way to give him glory. I think about that all the time. I think about uh, one time I hit my dash in a bit of anger. It wasn't rage, but it was anger. It was close to rage, okay? Just being honest with you. I was mad about something. It was my, and I hit my dash, all right? None of you have done that because you're all spiritual. But I hit my dash, and I thought, ah. And then I thought about it. You know, even in the most inanimate objects, there are living atoms. Think about that for a minute. Doesn't that blow you away? That God in his perfect design has created. I was going to show you a video. I was going to control it with my phone. I was super excited. I, I talked to the media team. I said, I am so fired up. We practiced, Chris and I practiced on Wednesday night after the elders meeting, and I'm, I thought, I'm going to control it with my phone. It's going to be awesome. And then Sunday morning, I realized, oh, my phone is one of the cameras. So you'll just have to use your imagination. I love uh, timeline, uh, time-lapse photography with astrophotography, so I was going to put some of that up there, and so you could see that. So we could enjoy, and we could see in all the very vast smallness of who we are, but yet, even in our small, tiny beings... God still knows us, and he calls us by name. A hundred to three hundred billion star stars, excuse me, just in our universe. All spoken, all created by the vapor of his breath. But he still calls us out by name. Still has in mind every single thing that we go through. Amen? Amen? Still has it so when we take partake in communion and we sing that song, the blessing, we can sing that in confidence that his promises are yes and amen. And, and that he hasn't forgot us because you know we it's not like we have gone to him and say, Lord, I need you right now. I'm broken. You know, I, I remember not too long ago in 2017, I, I hit a really rough patch where I remember driving in my car alone several different times 
uh, wondering quite quickly and quite explicitly how much I don't want any more of this. And, and God, if there's one thing that you could do, if you could just break through this that I'm feeling, okay, and that you could show yourself as good and mighty because I need that right now more than ever. And, and then God in his faithfulness does that, right? No, and sometimes not all at once, but sometimes, you know, that, that miracle process is just that. It's a process. And he brings us closer. He brings us to a place where we can finally say, Lord, I need more of you and less of me. Because more of me, I've tried that for too long, and I'm just making a mess. Amen? You know, the kingdom of Pete Talbot can only last so long. Even the kingdom of the church can only last so long. You know, the, the presence of God encamps around worship. But man, the Israelites, they like to encamp around a golden calf. Or they like to encamp around a person. Or they like to, you see what I'm saying? And, and so even when we make the church the object of what we're doing, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell will not prevail. But it's, it's him that we're after. It's, it's more of you, God, and less of me. More of the energy that you provide us with. More of the life and the life abundant that you provide us with, Lord, because we cannot get it there anywhere else. And with 8 billion people on the face of the earth right now and all the generations and the generations that have come before us and treaded upon even some of the same soil that we tread upon, God still has us in mind. And he says, I hear you. I see you when you're at your worst. I see you when you're at your best. And he calls us out by name. I had this dream one time, and um, I still don't know how to, what, what to make it. I was, I was just a young kid, but I remember this. I remember God, I, I met God. I couldn't see his face, but I was standing in the same room. It was a dream, okay? Bear with me. Okay, so I was in there, and I, I, and I met God, and I could see God, and, and, uh, and, and I was so in awe. Like, God, I can't believe this is happening. And he's like, Why are you now in awe? Where were you? And he kept, he kept asking me, Where were you? Where were you? And, I, and I, I said, What do you mean, where were you? Or where was I? And, and he said, and, and he was going over more and more just in this, this vision of just like, How come you're just now excited to see me? And, and I remember thinking at that time as a child, I, I, I was really condemned, and I was starting to understand what he meant. You know, because if we are to come to God and worship, that it's like the woman at the well, right? She said, well, on this mountain, our, our ancestors were taught. And then Jesus said, well, neither on this mountain or this mountain, but you come to, you become the temple. You become the temple and you get to worship God wherever you are. That means mountaintop, valley low. That means when it's all going good, when it's all going bad. That means when you lost everything, that means when you have everything. It means you go to God. And, and I started to think that. And then he called me this name. And I thought, that's not my name. But something in my spirit knew that he was calling me by my spiritual name. You know, my parents, they called me Peter Michael Talbot. And uh, it, that's my name. That's how you know me. That's how other people know me. That's how, you know, when I was in trouble, my mom would say the whole first and middle name. Any of you get that, Peter Michael? You get that, Peter Michael, you know. You get that middle name, you just know you better run and hide, or you just might as well just come in humility and face the facts. But that's how you all know me. But praise God that he knows you. He knows me by my name, and he calls me out by my name. 
Amen? Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 3. God, I thank you that you're... God, I thank you that your presence encamps around worship. And Lord, I thank you that worship isn't necessarily the music that is played, but Father, the heart and, and the lips that, that spring forth the words that come from the heart. So Lord, we worship you in spirit and truth. God, we thank you. We come to you this morning with thanksgiving. We come to you with just a great awe of who you are, God. Father, for each one of us, you have pulled us out of a pit. And Father, that pit for even just some of us has been our own selves. And so, Father, wherever you've rescued us from, Lord, we thank you for rescuing us. We thank you for pulling us out of that pit. Lord, we thank you for the blessing. We thank you for the promises that are yes and amen. And God, we thank you that you have these things for us, Father, for you are for us and you're not against us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Sing aloud. This is verse uh, 14, starting in chapter 3 of Zephaniah. It says, sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exalt with all your heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you, and he has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst, and you shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak, for the Lord your God, everybody say your God. The Lord your God. I feel like we need to emphasize that. Too many times we can read the scripture and we can say the Lord. And he becomes just something out there. The Lord out there somewhere hovering above and above the galaxies of galaxies. The Lord somewhere out there. But he says, the Lord your God, the Lord your personal God, the Lord your Savior Jesus Christ within you. Amen. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives within you. So now when we say the Lord your God, man, he's right here. He is right here. Amen. He's not, we don't need to attain and fill out the paperwork. Amen. We don't have to go through uh, and, and you know do those Hail Marys and, and eat a certain way or, or to sacrifice the animals anymore. But the Lord your God is with you. And he says this over here. He will rejoice over you with gladness and he will uh, quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at the time I will deal with you uh, deal with all of your oppressors. Amen? Amen? Whew. Let's go. I have this thing with Jack. I give him a high five. I say, let's go, let's go. And his, in his baby language, he just says something that resembles somehow let's go. But there's something that's got to rise up within us that says, let's go. This is good stuff. This is good news. Let's read on. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast. Amen? You ever felt like an outcast before? And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. And at the time I will bring you in. And at the time I will gather you together. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples. So when we praise, when we come in with this vigor, with this intensity that this is not about us. But it's about giving him the praise that he deserves. Man, he is so faithful. I had this revelation this morning, and, and maybe you all had this revelation years ago. Because the scriptures say that he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. 
Amen? That's what it says. But yet, he doesn't withhold his love or faithfulness from anybody. Anybody that would come to him, it's not like he's going to say, sorry. You have to get your stuff together first. Aren't you glad that he didn't say that to you? When we were broken, when we were at our darkest moments, when we thought we'd never come back from this, aren't you glad that God didn't say, I'm sorry, you're out. There's no more, I've, I've suffered with you long enough, you're out. But instead, even in our brokenness, he wraps his arms around us. And he calls us by name. Amen? I will restore your fortune before your eyes. See, I, I feel like we need to put our mind in, in remembrance of his unconditional love. That he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him, yet his love and his faithfulness is unconditional. And I had this, this revelation this morning that said that I, I was sitting there in my prayer, and, and I thought, I just have to write this down because somebody just needs to hear it, if it's just me. But he reveals his faithfulness to, to those that faithfully come into his presence. And I thought, Lord, strip away everything that doesn't belong from me. If, if I could only have just be in your presence for the rest of my life. I was blown away. I don't know if any of you are watching the Chosen series. I started watching the Chosen series with my students. Somebody had mentioned it to me, and I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I thought for the first time, I'm not going to watch this, and I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit. I'm like, it's just going to be like another one of those corny Christian movies about Jesus. And, and, and then I started watching it. Pastor Gary said, you really should watch it. So I, I, respect, I respect that man. I started watching it. I was blown away. And, and I love how, and, and I, his, his love, the love of Jesus, it just goes beyond all those barriers that we put up. Now, I know that a lot of it's been fictionalized. But we read the scripture, we can get your face in the book of John. And all of a sudden we see his love unconditionally extend beyond barriers, extend beyond walls. Extend beyond those different uh, obstacles that we put up. Amen. But man, his love is unconditional. A lot of times I, I, I tend to be very conditional. And if I could speak to you out of honest, honesty, I, I think that sometimes, you know, he tells us when they tried to trip him up, well, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God, love people. Don't, don't filter that any other way. Don't muddy the waters. Love God, love people. A lot of times in my love, though, I, I can be pretty conditional. I can say, well, you know, they live in, in a different way that I approve of. I don't approve of that. In fact, even I can make a really good scriptural basis for that. And, and I could say, and I could look down my shoulder at them and say, well, they're not going to enter the glory. But then the Lord will deal with me, 
and remind me, love God, love people. Have I made you judge over them? Well, no, God, but I can see in the scripture. You, you know, for me, and I'm speaking for me, maybe this is none of you. Maybe you're all perfect and complete. You know, we're all perfect and complete in Christ Jesus anyway, right? But, but I, I'm speaking to the heart of some people here, right, because we do resonate this. But it's such a beautiful exchange that when we come to God in worship, all of a sudden, we're just blown away, and, and he extends beyond any of that, any of that baggage that we brought in. You know, those, those fights with the, with the kids. You know, if you have your Bibles, go, to, go next to Psalm 16. I feel like a lot of times we can come into a worship service and, and um, man, we've just got that stuff we're clinging on to. Flesh, right? We've got that flesh. That, and sometimes, you know, we've got a religious spirit too. I, I've, I, I've been in worship services where I thought, what are they doing? What, what, what do they think they're doing doing that song. That's not on the set list. Thank God that you all bear with me. Sometimes those songs aren't on the set list, but sometimes the Holy Spirit just kind of prompts because all of a sudden some, somebody it hits somebody. You know, we worship God, but man, He blesses us through that worship. It's the most amazing thing. But sometimes we can come to, to church or we can come and, and we're sitting in worship and, and we're still dealing with that baggage and, and the worship is going on, the music is going on, the preaching is going on, but we're still holding on to that baggage. And, and then that's like the prison gate being wide open and sitting in your cell. Just sitting there, not moving. The gate is wide open. Jesus says, I have opened the gate. You are free. I have set you free by the love that I have for you that I came and went upon that cross so you could leave that cell. And yet some of us, we sit right there in our own vomit and filth instead of entering into what he has for us. You know, have you ever wondered why that is? Have you ever left church and, and, and really thought to yourself, I didn't press in. I was making it too much about myself. I was angry. The pastor said something that, man, I just didn't agree with that, and I didn't resonate with that, and it just like, I camped on that, and I camped on that, and I camped on that, and I couldn't hear anything else that they said, and, and before you know it, I just lost it all. Holy Spirit, change us. Holy Spirit, work in us. I pray that we would be a generation that would come to, come to life, and we would leave ourselves, because when we leave ourselves, Okay, once we realize that gate is wide open, okay, and we've got to leave the old man behind, right? Once we leave ourselves and we start living the gospel in everything that we are because we've been declared free, now we live that gospel, we demonstrate it with our lives, and then before you know it, because how do you actually change somebody? Has any of, any of you wondered that? 
in your ministry, you know, when you go out evangelizing, when you go preaching the gospel to people, when you're with students, how do you actually change people? You know, in counseling, sometimes I've been like, they're not going to change. I'm going to say all the right things. They're not going to change. But how many counselors have said that with me, right? Or still say that with me. My wife would say that too. But nevertheless, how does one actually change? You've got to live the gospel. You've got to demonstrate the gospel with your life. Because that becomes the best preaching tool you have. Amen? To live the gospel. This life, this world is far too full of hypocritical people. I pray that we would be a generation that would throw all of that aside and that we would leave ourselves because Christ has set us free. And I'm not talking like we leave ourselves for church and then Monday morning we get back in. I'm talking like we leave ourselves and we're out of there completely. We shut the door behind us and, and, and we're not looking back. Amen? This isn't in my notes, but... When, when uh, Lot's wife, when they were leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, there was specific instruction, do not look back. Do not look back. Don't you dare look back. Some of us, we get out of that cell, we get out of that situation, and, and we just, we look back. What happens when we look back? We go back. God told him, do not look back. And we all know what happens. She looked back. Some of us, there's somebody in this room this morning, if it's just me alone, do not look back. You have been set free. You have taken off the old man. You no longer walk in that flesh. Amen? You've been baptized, and if you haven't been baptized, talk to us. We would love to have you baptized. You've been baptized. You signify that you were de you've died with Christ. You've raised. You've made that declaration. You have walked out of your cell. Do not walk back in. Not for one second. Because of what the Spirit of God is doing for you is beyond what that cell can even contain. And, be, and there's people that would look in there and say, what are you doing? You know, if that door was wide open, what are you doing still sitting in here? You've been set free. You've been declared not guilty. What are you doing here? And so for some of us, so many of us this morning, the Spirit of God would say, what are you still doing there? Psalm 16, verse 9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being. Everybody say whole being. My whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. Now think of just this, this short verse and, and just how profound this verse is. Therefore, my heart is glad, my heart, my innermost being, my spirit man, my spirit man is glad, my heart is glad. You ever go into anything, you know, and, and your heart is just overcome with gladness and thanksgiving. Lord, thank you so much for pulling me out, and your heart is just so glad. But listen to this, and my whole being rejoices. There's been many a times where I've been in a worship setting where the music has stopped and it was hauntingly quiet and, and all the hair on your neck stands up and you were confident that if you opened your eyes for a second and turned around, you'd see the face of God and you'd die. I love that. <laughs> Amen. But what is he saying here? My heart is glad, but my whole being rejoices and my flesh dwells secure. My flesh 
dwell secure. I got in a conversation the other day about taking verses out of context with somebody. And, and, and I said, you need to be careful because, you know, he, he works all things together for good for those who believe. Does he not? It's in the scripture. That's what it says. But I negated to actually believe for myself that it's my whole being. And I said, you know, you need to be careful. That's just spirit. But God, he, he created us in the manner of who we are. We are first spirit beings, yes? Amen? But then there's this flesh. This flesh that Jesus told us to die to. So it's, it's this part of us that needs to be crucified. But listen how he protects us. My flesh also dwells secure. If this is not reason alone to worship him, if, if the whole statement that God is for us and not against us, God is for your marriage. You might think that my marriage is out. I've done too much. This will never be healed. You know, I just heard a testimony the other day of a marriage being restored. When, when in actuality, there should have been nothing that fixed it. But is God not bigger than your problems? Amen, an accident that we just heard testify. You know, I, it's funny, my wife and I were joking about it last night, but on the news, I don't know if many of you saw it, a man in Massachusetts actually swallowed, sw uh, swallowed by a whale and spit back out and lived to tell about it. Let's go. I've read that somewhere, I think. <laughs> but he is for us. He's not against you. So stop playing that victim card like he's against you. Amen? Let's stay in Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 100. I, I never really used this many verses at the same time, but man, the Lord was just, I, I had one day where I woke up at 2 o'clock. Uh, it was like 2.30 in the morning. I came down with my youngest son, and he was kind of playing, and and I was doing my devotions, and I felt like, man, all of this just kind of came to me. And even if it was just for me, I just needed to, to do it. I needed to write about this. I needed to put this on paper. I, I needed this for my own life because too many times I can come and not be joyful and not be thankful and wonder, God, where's your presence? Why do I keep returning to my own vomit, as the Bible says? Psalm 100, uh, starting in verse 1, it says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. It doesn't say, if you, can, if you can sing on key, there you go. If you can strum the guitar, this man over here can play the guitar, incredible. If you can play the guitar, like Ian, you're good. If you can play the drums, like, I don't know, name a drum player. If, if you can... You know, if you can play the tambourine like uh, Marion, when they crossed the Red Sea, she came out with that impromptu tambourine jam. If you can do that, then do it. It just says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. You know, it doesn't say, 
and we got to talk about this. It doesn't say make a joyful noise to the Lord when it is going good and grand. Make a joyful noise to the Lord when you're at dinner table with your whole family and everybody is there without the electronics and you're all smiling at each other and just complimenting each other and patting each other on the back and stroking each other's hair. I don't, that's weird. Don't do that. Um, but make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you earth. Make a joyful noise to the word, uh, world, all you white people or all you black people. It doesn't say any of that. It says make a joyful noise. Because God is bringing us in unity through worship. Our nation and the nations of the world are so polarized right now. And, and, and just even more polarized. I told you in the beginning, you know, I, I can deal with like little town issues. Little super, super small town issues that polarize people. Right? Never once do we see Jesus saying, you need to live in such a way that, you know, he's not talking about subculture. He is counterculture. But yet he brings us, he says, this thing that brings us together will be worship. I love what's happening with the, the, the random worship um, experiences, these worship services all throughout, and many different people. I'm not here to, t you know, honk one guy's horn, okay? But there are many different worship services, many different churches, many different worship leaders all throughout the nations that are just, they're, they're, you know, I, I love that there's a whole radio station based on worship. And even if you like the songs or not, the heart of worship is being put out there because we know and, and there's something that's happening through worship. And that worship brings us together. So when it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come into his presence with singing, and, and know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, amen, by the vapor of his breath. And we are his, we are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Pastor Gary, not too long ago, had a, a major revelation and preached a whole message just on this one verse. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Enter in with thanksgiving and with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his steadfast love. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to who? To all generations. We can argue about which generation is the greatest, which generation is the most messed up. Hey, I'll take the hit for the millennials, right? But listen, to all generations... His faithfulness to all generations. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations. For your family, for your children, for your children's children. I'm hungry for a generation. I, I'm, I'm I'm ready for a generation to declare and to become part of what the Lord is doing here, saying, Lord, we want, 
we want more of you, and, and we want your presence. We want your kingdom. We want heaven to invade earth. And I feel like the Lord is giving us glimpses of it now. You know, we're seeing glimpses of all throughout the world healing. And, and for generations, there's been healing. There's been the Smith's Wigglesworths, and, and there's been the many different people. And, and maybe you don't like him. Maybe you like somebody else. It doesn't matter. Amen. The Spirit of God is moving, and sometimes he uses people that we don't even like. And sometimes, if we'll get out of our own way, he'll use us. I love it that even when we cannot physically utter a word, Romans 8, and we're not going to go there, I'm just going to reference it real quick. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Sometimes you physically can't even just open your mouth, but just be in the presence of God. But know that the Spirit is still interceding for you with groanings too deep for words. Amen. He is good. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. And we are overcome. We overcome these different things that the enemy tries to throw at us by the word of our testimony. And we've seen testimonies. We've heard testimonies. We have testimonies. I have some strange testimonies, but they're testimonies. And I saw God work in the most strange ways sometimes. You know, I, I went to a little quiet, quiet, quiet little Methodist church where if you mute, moved in the pew, everybody heard it, right? And, and I could close my Bible at a certain time because I knew we were done, right? And, and then my great-grandfather dies. Uh, the, the, the gentleman that was doing the, the funeral of my great-grandfather was a pastor that my mom went to school with. So we started going to his church, and I was thrust into uh, a, a moving gospel, Pentecostal, like I didn't know what to think. Right, And then all of a sudden, coming up out of that, and then how God was using me to my friends in, in high school and everything, I was a part of a lot of strange stuff, and I see God move in a lot of strange ways that I thought, this cannot be God. Like, stop clapping, y'all. It's throwing off the music. Right? Like, this dancing stuff. Yo, if you want to, you know, we were dancing Friday night in the club, but this dancing, right? You see what I'm saying? And, and like, all of a sudden, dancing, we see right from the beginning, to dance like David danced with no recollection of anybody caring. He, did, he didn't dance because, and he was thinking, man, I wonder what they're thinking about me. It just broke out because it was in his spirit. Amen. And the God, I, the God of the universe, the same God that breathed, and, and by the vapor of his breath did he breathe into existence the universe and the universes. I believe that, man, we're coming into something right now where, you know, I, I want to speak prophetically, hopefully not pathetically, but I want to speak prophetically that there's a unity that is coming. That there's a spirit of God that, because it, God heals, does he not? He does. And some of us have been healed. Many of us have been healed at different times. So if God heals... Then, Lord, I pray that you would heal the land. 
That is scriptural, that he'll come and he'll heal the land, amen? But we overcome by the testimony and by the blood of the lamb, and we took part in that this morning. But Revelation 12 and verse 10, I, I'm going to close. i got two scriptures left. Revelation 12, uh, verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their own lives even to death. There is a time coming where if we can set aside the flesh, and we can set aside our own lives, and for the good of our own lives, and we say, Lord, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lord, use me or take me. I'm looking to be used by you or taken up into your glory. I don't care the riches. I don't care the complete, if you strip everything away from me. You know, some of us, you ever heard, uh, be careful what you pray for, right? I was praying for the longest time, Lord, refine me, refine me, refine me. It, it sounded spiritual. Lord, refine me, refine me. And then I started to mean it. And I said, Lord, refine me, strip me away. Lord, strip this, this, this flesh, this stone, this stony flesh in me. Break it, break it like a hammer. Lord, and I was praying all of this, and you can only imagine what he did. Some of you are laughing because you're like, yep. Some of you are like, oh, okay, I better not pray that one then. <laughs> Lord, test me in ways that glorify my, no. But, but man, if we are hungry for more of him, we've got to get out of our own way. We become love. Become love, man. Finally, in Lamentations, because why not end with Lamentations? Zephaniah to Lamentations would be the title of my next book. Lamentations 3, starting in verse 22. The steadfast love. Everybody say steadfast love. Steadfast love. I love that word, steadfast steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. This is the prayer that I prayed over the town yesterday. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. But listen to this. I love that first part of that. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. I want to challenge us in closing. I pray for us. That worship would not just be Sunday morning, sometimes Wednesdays, once a month. But let us come into our own worship services. 
I've told this story probably a thousand times. I'm going to tell it one more time as we close. I was working in a dirty warehouse one time, and my brother-in-law was working in a different spot, and um, I, I was, I was going to be fired. I, I was on this provisional period, and, and if your quality is not good enough, if you do not meet the standard of the quality that is needed, then you're out. Um, I, I believe that you could have started over. I don't know. Uh, but nevertheless, I was right on the line because my quality wasn't that great because I was trying to rush, 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 believe it or not, right? And because I was trying to rush, my quality wasn't great, and I was on the line. And I knew that I, could only, I only had one more mistake, and I couldn't make any more mistakes. And so we were driving, I was driving in this thing called a tugger, and some of you know what they are. It's just like this little three-wheeled thing, and you can haul a, a trailer behind you. And I was going through this dusty warehouse, my headset on, uh, with the next location in the warehouse, and I'm driving around saying, Lord, it doesn't matter. If it's not this job, you'll provide a different job. And suddenly, 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 I was overcome with the goodness of God. Even when I was right on the line, I was right on the line, but yet I was so overcome with the faithfulness of God. And I just, I remember going on that tugger. This probably isn't safe if any quality people are listening from Emory Waterhouse. I'm really sorry. But I lifted my arms up as I was going through with the tugger, that little three-wheel tugger. Luckily, this one did not pull to the right like many of them did. But I, I, I had my arms up, and I was just so thankful for his faithfulness. And I said, Lord, if I pass or not, you're good. And I just started to whistle. I just started to whistle. And, and, and I, I took the last location. I went to my last location. I whistled. I took off my headset. And I went all the way around this part of the mezzanine where my brother-in-law was working. And I was just whistling. I, was, I don't even know what I was whistling. I don't think it was even a hymn or a gospel or a spiritual song or anything like that. Who knows what it was. But I just started to whistle. And, and, I, and then I went by Ben and I just whistled at him. Probably something stupid, but I whistled at him. And I remember at lunch that day we were talking, you know, about how he felt the spirit at that point in time. I don't even know if you can remember this, Ben. But I remember eating lunch with him and... and, and what was happening? I was just in my own little worship service, and it didn't require a guitar with two broken strings. It didn't require a drummer. I want a drummer. But it didn't require that. It didn't require a horn section or a violin section. I want those two. See me after, right? But listen, all it required was the, 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 my heart to be in it. In a dusty, excuse me, dusty old warehouse. Amen? You become, you are the temple of God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's neither on this mountain nor that mountain. It's not this church or this church. This church or this church. I, I pray that throughout this week we are blown away with some of the most amazing worship moments in our lives. And I can't wait to hear the testimonies of how God uses that to minister to other people in a like a dingy, old, dirty mezzanine. But live and demonstrate the gospel. Remind your soul 
I mean, let your soul remind yourself, your, your flesh. Great is thy faithfulness. When the news says all is wrong and we just become more and more polarized and this person against this person and here over here, this color against this color, shut it off. Say, Lord, great is thy faithfulness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you that your faithfulness has taken us out of the pits that we were in. And God, because you're so faithful, you, you move us from glory to glory, God. We don't deserve that. We didn't deserve that. But Lord, yet you see us as perfect and complete in Christ Jesus. Father, as Ephesians says, for we are your own workmanship. We are your masterpiece created in Christ Jesus, predestined for good works. So, Lord, let us be found working with you and not against you. Because, Lord, you are for us and not against us. I pray that this week as we go about worshiping you, Father, and everything that we do, Lord, I pray that everything we set our hands to do, we would glorify you. If that's parenting, if that's shopping, if that's driving a car, if it's singing a song, if it's writing a book, Lord, I pray that everything we set our hands to do, we would do with excellence because you are an excellent God. And Father, I pray for a deeper anointing, a deeper anointing, Lord, that as we go out and as we worship you, as we go and live and demonstrate the gospel, we would not look down upon judgment on anybody, but Lord, instead we would look on, uh, on them with love, Father we would see them how you see them. So Lord, we love you, we praise you. We give you the glory, we give you the honor and the praise for it is ever due your name. In Jesus' name.